following is a presentation of Cornerstone Bible Church in Virginia Beach. For more information on Cornerstone, as well as additional sermon downloads, please visit cbcvirginia.com. Regardless of those things, we want to continue on with everything else, and um, the thought that I wanted us to have this morning dovetailed in uh, with Hebrews quite a bit, so we're just going to go with it. The irony is, is uh, with him preaching and then us doing this this morning, I worked hard to make sure that my thoughts were very short and succinct to bring us to the table, uh, and, and then now I've got all the time in the world. So, so we're going to focus on those short thoughts, and there might be a little bit of ad-lib in the midst of there too, um, but I trust the Spirit will work and just take the little things that, that happen um, and, and use it for his glory. If you've been here for more than one week, or if you've even been here the last 25 minutes, you know that uh, we are not about a big show. We're not about trying to put on a big program or a concert every week. We're simply uh, a family that find ourselves bought by the blood of Christ, living in this area, fellowshipping together, trying to do life as the church together. And so we come and we do that this morning. We celebrate life as a family in Christ and there is a beauty and distinctness to that that we get to uh, focus on here in these next few minutes. Um, as we, uh, I think it was last week, I was men- making mention to, I think, Greg and Helene, along those lines of just this, uh, it not being about a big show. In our culture today, we like the big shows. We like the big glorious and great. We bring in the new year with, you know, huge parties in Times Square and all these things. And, and we get this sense uh, because we tend to be an emotional culture, I think, and be driven that way with our thoughts and feelings. We get the sense that things aren't really good or things aren't really changing until there's something this, that really big happens, right? Um, <clears throat> even in the Christian circles I grew up in, uh, you know, you have the, the camp experiences and things like that that are really good and a vital part, I think, of even my upbringing. Um, and yet what can happen with those sometimes is you get this thought that you just do in the Christian life and, and that's boring, but man, you get these real high points of uh, whatever it might be in the Christian experience, and then those are these like catalysts to help you move on to the next section of your, your spiritual life. Um, and yet if you've lived as a believer for any amount of time, you know that those periods don't sustain you for the everyday. They don't um, do all that we would maybe want them to do sometimes. And so what I'm asking us to think of for a few minutes here today, and even as we gather for the first time in a new year, and if you're like me, start to evaluate the previous year and think towards the hopes and dreams of a new year, I want us to stop and evaluate um, and be challenged by the call in Scripture to press on, to endure, to um, live... Uh, as one author has called it, in a long obedience in the same direction. Um, I'm reading a book by that title now, and um, it's been a challenge to me because we're surrounded by this culture that wants these big pops and explosions in life to drive us and direct us, and we're always looking for the next big thing that can excite us. And the Christian life, when it comes down to it, is a slow, steady, plodding along in faith, God working through the normal, the mundane, Um, in ways that are very, very big, and yet they don't show themselves uh, maybe in the same way that we're so used to or would even want to to have them be seen sometimes. Uh, So I want us to consider consider that for a moment. So you can turn to the book of Hebrews, and we'll quickly look at a couple passages, just read them, be reminded 
to hear them and to obey them. Um, Isaac mentioned earlier, I believe as he was praying, mentioned, asked God to keep us from being tourists in the Christian life. Um, and what he was meaning by that is that that is, I think, a good summary of what it is that I just spent a couple minutes talking about. We like to just kind of, as Christians, sometimes take what we want from Christianity that's helpful to our life. Our Christian life is maybe a part of who we are, but it's not the everything of who we are. Not everything maybe flows out of who we are as believers, but it's something that we add on to our life. Um, we like to take the nice glittery things and the pieces that attract us, maybe get some souvenirs along the way. Um, but we can so often be tourists and, and our real focus can be on other things that are self-centered and self-serving. Uh, and then we just kind of pick and choose along the way. But what I believe God calls us to, the scriptures calls us to, is like I said, this, this life of plotting uh, and the ideas of being disciples and being pilgrims, so to speak. Um, and we've heard those terms before. We essentially know what um, those mean. But being a disciple, being a disciple means, um, in summary, that we are a people who are going to spend our lives apprenticed to a master. Of course, our master is Jesus Christ. So we are in a constant learning and growing type of relationship. That's not little fits and starts along the way. That's a constant pursuit, this, this uh, endurance with hope and with faith and with patience. Um, it's not easy. There are ups and downs. Discipleship and growth and sanctification is not a nice linear progression, right? We, we know that as, as God's children, that that's not the case. So we're called as disciples to push deliberately through the power of the Spirit, because we can't do it ourselves, to push on, press on. We probably are hearing phrases that Paul has in the scriptures of doing that, running the race with endurance. What Paul said in Colossians earlier, to hold stable and steadfast to this gospel that we have heard. The idea of pilgrim, being pilgrims, that we're people who spend our lives going someplace. That there is, there is something that we are pursuing. There is something that we continue to push towards. Um, of course, we are wanting to go to God. And the path to God is the way himself, Jesus Christ. So we talk a lot about our purpose, that we want our purpose as a church to be to present all of us and everyone that comes in contact with us that God graciously places in our lives to, to see them be made perfect in Jesus, to see us grow as disciples, to see us be sanctified and see the salvation that Jesus has started in us and has promised to complete in us, to see that take place uh, through our lives collectively as a church. We want that to take place. So being disciples and being, being pilgrims, these people who spend our lives pursuing something. And uh, when, I, when I think of that a little bit, I think of um, Hebrews 11. And I've oftentimes taken us to those few verses in the midst of Hebrews 11 where the writer tells us that Abraham and these other people that are being mentioned in that chapter, uh, they died in faith. They didn't experience the things promised, and yet they died in faith in the midst of the pursuit of the things promised. They saw them and greeted them from afar, but even though they were far off and they weren't really experiencing them in real time like we even get to today in this age of um, Christ having paid the sacrifice, the spirit living and working in us, they saw them and understood just a tinge of what it meant, and they pursued 
So they didn't let the things around them sway them from their journey to what the author calls their, their country, the better country. But they really, they plotted in hope and in faith. And it wasn't always easy, and they weren't perfect by any means. We know that. And yet when we look at their lives, then we can see the summary of their faith. We see this slow, steady plotting towards Jesus that uh, happened in the midst of good times and the midst of bad times. And that's... <laughs> That's uh, kind of an understatement when you read chapter 11 and see the bad times that they went through. And yet they saw them as part of a process and they pursued as disciples and as pilgrims. And so I just want to simply remind us of that, challenge us with that this morning as we get to gather around the table that illustrates for us and visualizes for us what it is we live in. We are in Christ. And so we are called as his people with a new year ahead of us, we don't know what it entails, we don't know what will come, but it calls us to a steady obedience, a long obedience in the same direction as disciples and pilgrims. And so I want us to be about that as, as his, his people today. Again, we are just a few of his people pulled together in one little location, no glitz, no glam, no glory, just called to be his people in the midst of good and bad, faithful to proclaim and demonstrate his good news. Um, and to uh, ex- experience his grace through the midst of that. So um, Hebrews talks about the idea of considering several times. It mentions the word, uses the word consider four times uh, in Hebrews. And I just want to turn to each of those uh, and read them and take a moment to think about them. Considering, like seriously thinking about these things that the author calls us to in a way that produces faith and then also produces action on our part too that we hear and we do in the power of the Spirit. So Hebrews 3, 1. This is where Jared was actually going to take us today. But as, as the author sums up the fact that Jesus is preeminent, as we heard of his preeminence in Colossians that Isaac read just a couple minutes ago, the author sums up the fact that Jesus is the culmination of all of redemptive history and he says therefore because of these things holy brothers you who share in a heavenly calling consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession who was faithful to him who appointed him just as Moses also was faithful in all of God's house and so when we pause and we think seriously about the fact that Jesus is the sent one the apostle and the high priest of our confession. The things that we say we believe, the things that we say we live for as believers, Jesus is the author and finisher of those things. And so we consider him. And as we call ourselves to a long obedience in the same direction, we do so remembering that Jesus was faithful to him who appointed him. Sent by the Father to live a life that we couldn't live, to die the death that we deserved, to rise again to newness of life as a foretaste of our resurrection to come. He was faithful to that end. He plotted in hope and in faith through the power of the Spirit. And so as his people, we are called to do the same. Consider those things. Hebrews 10. Just kind of going in order here as we, as we see them. Hebrews 10, verse 24. Uh, verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Again, these gospel truths. And because of these gospel truths, then, 
Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, encouraging one another, all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so as we pursue through God's grace and the Spirit working in us, we pursue this long obedience in the same direction we do so because he promised to work in and through us as faithful. But it's not an individual thing. It's not just a you and God thing, though it is that. It is a God and us thing. He has brought us together. He has called us to be a community uh, of faith. There is a purpose to his church. It isn't just this thing that we put together so you know, some pastors and some organizations can make some money. It is a, an elected organization uh, that God has put together to do the work of sanctification in all of our lives. And so we are called to stir one another up to love and to good works. As we pursue this long obedience in the same direction, as we press on, we do it together. Because we're going to stumble. There are going to be people falling in ditches on the side of the road. There's going to be people stubbing their toes. And the rest come along and call them back to the narrow way. Call them back to standing up, picking themselves up, dusting themselves off, and continuing on because of the gospel. Not in the power of themselves, but through the power of the one who works in us. So we're called to do that as his people. And so may we do that as we pursue Jesus this year. Hebrews 12, 3. The author says, consider him, again, consider Jesus, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. So this pursuit in faith is hard. We're going to be weary. We're going to be faint-hearted. We're going to want to throw up our hands at sometimes and say, it's not worth it. That person that I've been called to live in community with is a real pain in the butt, and I don't want to spend any more time with them. I don't want to deal with him. I'm sorry. I'm tired of seeing him fall in the ditch. I don't want to pick him up anymore. I'm tired of him trying to pull me out of the ditch. I just want to be in the ditch for a little while. Leave me alone. It's going to be all of those things. Um, it's going to be hard. There are going to be things that come into our lives as individuals, as families, as a church, whatever it might be this year, that are going to be hard things to deal with, and yet we're called to plod ahead to pursue righteousness, to pursue Jesus. So consider those things. Consider Jesus in the midst of all those things who, per, who endures such hostility against himself. So as we come to the table, we remember those things. We remember that we are the ones that caused him to endure these hostilities against himself. It was for us that he died. We were rebels. We were running from him. He endured this hostility for us, so let's not grow weary or faint-hearted. And then quickly, Hebrews 13, 7. The author just reminds people and the readers again to remember those who have been leading and helping and guiding them as the body of Christ. Look back, you know, even in light of Hebrews 11 um, and these patriarchs, these people of faith that we see in redemptive history pursuing and walking that long obedience in the same direction. He says, remember them and remember the outcome of their way of life and imitate it. So really it's a rehash of the other ones that we've just looked at. Again, to watch how faith plays out in the lives of people of faith. See the demonstration of the gospel at work and imitate, pursue, walk with them. And this is what we've been called to do. So that's just... I hope a simple challenge, a straightforward challenge for us. 
Um, for those of you that are visiting today, too, we, we hope that this is an understanding that this is the call of anybody who names the name of Jesus, um, not just something that we want to focus on as a nice, as a nice theme for a year, um, but something that we want to just call ourselves to continually. Um, as we gather around the table, um, we want to welcome anybody who is a believer in Jesus. So some of you that might be visiting, uh, be a part of another church, or maybe just here for the first time, uh, seeing who we are as Cornerstone, you're welcome. Please participate with us. This table is for everybody who is a part of the body of Jesus, and so we want you to fellowship with us in that way this morning. Um, if, those, if there are those of you here this morning that are still thinking about where you're at with Jesus and, and wondering where you are in a journey to faith maybe and, and you just don't feel that you have a relationship with Jesus yet, then I would ask you not to partake in these things today. This is something that Christ has called us to do as his people. But we do ask you to, to watch, to listen, to pray and ask the Spirit to work, um, answer your questions, um, open up the scriptures to you and let you see the goodness and truth of the gospel. Um, but we just want to take this time as a family to remember, to celebrate, to have the Spirit use these things um, in this time to sanctify us too and to remind us of, of the gospel. Um, we'll pass things out and we'll sing. These guys will lead us in a song as things are get passed out and then we'll turn to a passage of scripture in just a minute and read it together before we partake together. The beauty of this is that this act pulls the entire history of God's people together uh, in the sense that this was what Israel was called to do, um, to remember their salvation from Egypt, the fact that God redeemed them. And Jesus told his disciples that in the midst of remembering that deliverance from Egypt, he told them that he was instituting something new with these things. And it continues to this day. As God's people, we do this, remembering his sacrifice, his redemption, the fact that God has delivered us from sin, evil. And then it calls us to look towards the future in hope that this will all be culminated in the fact that we will gather from every tribe, kindred, nation, people, from all of history, as God's people one day. And for the first time since that uh, recording in the Gospels of Jesus doing this with his disciples. He will sit again with his disciples and will do this with his people. And so we look forward to those things. It's a remembering the past. It's a calling to press on and hope and joy. And so we want to do that as his people this morning. In Mark, Mark's account of that Last Supper, he says that as Jesus and his disciples were eating, he took bread, and after he blessed the bread, he broke it, and he gave it to them and said, take, this is my body. Let's do this and remember the work of Jesus and his body given for us. And then they took the cup. When Jesus had given thanks, he gave it to them, and after they drank it, and he said to them, This is now the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I say to you, I won't drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it, in, drink it new in the kingdom of God. So let's take 
remembering his blood shed for us, remembering the hope of doing this with him one day. Chris, can you just take a moment to pray and thank God for his sacrifice, the sacrifice of Christ for the ability to be able to do this and then to just uh, call him to commit us to these things as his people.